0: Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Overnight, I listened to a podcast that has absolutely nothing to do with the Cubs. And I basically set my phone on and ran it for a while and it just kept going and going. I would nod off to sleep, wake back up, hear the podcast and wake back up again and then go back to sleep again. It's a podcast that I don't listen to very often because the topic itself is rather dark. Nonetheless, it's good for me to listen to the podcast periodically because the podcast host does a very good job of doing homework and he admits he doesn't know. He he doesn't know the answers to everything in the discussion topic. Otherwise, if he had it all figured out, he would quit doing podcasts. He's learning as he goes. As I look at the rest of the 2021 season. To me, I think the most important thing for the Cubs to do, the most important thing for the Cubs to do for the next however many weeks there are. How many weeks there are, not even important. The most important thing for the Cubs to do for the rest of the way is to safely and accurately assess the players currently on the roster safely and accurately assess the players currently on the roster. Is Frank Schwindel worth keeping? Is Sergio Alcantara worth keeping? Is Ian Happ worth keeping? Is Alec Mills worth keeping? All all along the line, 1 through 40 on the 40-man roster, is this player worth keeping around at the cost of a 40-man roster spot? Now, some players are rather easy to assess along those lines. As soon as the World Series ends, Matt Duffy becomes a free agent. As soon as the World Series ends, Zach Davies becomes a free agent. That, that's, that's not going to be really fightable. Duffy, if he wants to go elsewhere, will be entitled to go elsewhere. Adam Morgan, the Cubs will have the option of keeping him into 2022, should they wish. So they ought to assess him. Is he a guy the Cubs would want to keep on into 2022? Is he a guy the Cubs would want to keep? How would you know? How would you know? Trevor McGill. Is Trevor McGill worth keeping on into 2022? Is Michael Rucker worth keeping on into 2022? And how would you know? Asking that question repetitively, continuously, is a proper mindset. It's a proper mindset. How good is this guy? How good is this guy? Is this guy worth keeping around. Cody Hoyer, he's going to stick around. Manny Rodriguez is going to stick around. Keegan Thompson, Justin Steele. You might not necessarily like him as starters, but they're going to stick around. Brad Wick will probably stick around. Asking the questions, is this guy worth keeping? What I'm seeing a bit of is people inverting the premise, putting the cart in front of the horse. If you put the cart in front of the horse, it doesn't go very fast. It really doesn't. What people are doing is flipping the order. They're flipping the order. And since they're flipping the order... They're messing with the premise. They're messing with the premise because they're flipping the order. For instance, my, my favorite example, my favorite example, my favorite example, my favorite example is a number of people. Not sure how many, but I, I, I'm running into them on Twitter. I'm running into them on Facebook. They're flipping the order on. It is very important to assess every player on the 40-man roster as to whether they're worth keeping or not, that's not the way they're looking at it. That's not how they're looking at it. They're looking at it as far as the 2022 roster must be acceptable to me. The 2022 roster must be acceptable to me. That's that's their starting point. The 2022 roster has to be acceptable. I kind of got a little whiff of it, but I didn't recognize it. I got a whiff of it back a while ago. Didn't recognize it. When I heard someone saying something to the extent of... Well, you can't keep Ian Happ. Because Ian Happ and Jason Hayward as starting outfielders won't work. So now Ian Happ is responsible for Jason Hayward? How the... In what? In what universe does that make sense? Ian Hap should be assessed on Ian Hap. Ian Hap should be assessed on Ian Hap. What is your guess as to what Ian Hap will cost next year? He will be a an arbitration case like 4.2 this year my guess he'll be worth he will earn about six million next year might be a little lower might be a little higher but really you know 5.81 or 6.14 does it really matter in gonna be about a six million dollar player next year The two main options, the two realistic main options with Ian Happ for 2022 are accept that he's going to be worth paying $6 million for. Or release him. Those are the two options. Those are the two options. What Jason Hayward is going to cost has no bearing on Ian Happ. The other big problem, the other big problem, the other big problem with the mindset of the Cubs roster next year must satisfy me is people start adding four, five, six, seven, eight, Shamil Shamazzal Hassan Pfeffer Incorporated. Different free agents. The Cubs are gonna add this free agent and this free agent and this other free agent, this other free agent, the one free agent, and that other free agent, and that free agent, and all of a sudden you, you you've added six or seven or eight guys. Okay, all these guys. Why, why are they gonna add all those guys? Well, because it would help the team. Okay. Um possibly, yeah, but you're completely putting the cart in front of the horse. 2022 is a step toward 2023 and 2024 and 2025. 2022 is not the final destination. 2022 is not the final destination. 2022 is a season along the way. There are more than three or four people out there who are saying the Cubs have to add, have to add Nick Castellanos. The Cubs have to add Nick Castellanos probably for two reasons. One, he had a really nice interview on the score one day. And two, he had a really nice three-month stretch with the Cubs offensively. I like Nick Castellanos, so the Cubs ought to add Nick Castellanos. Which... On the face of it, you know it it'd cost it would probably end up costing them a draft pick, which isn't ideal. But put that aside, you know why would Nick Castellanos demand to come to the Cubs? Why would he demand to come to the Cubs? Well I liked him assess the 2021 roster. Assess the 2021 roster. Look ahead to 2022. Frank Schwindel. Frank Schwindel, to me, he just flat out reeks in a positive fashion of a league minimum DH. For a number of years, for a number of years, the Oakland A's seem to have summoned as if Um, from a stack of demons, some guy in the offseason, maybe a Rule 5 pick, maybe somebody that some other team, yeah, he's done okay, but we're going to make him available in free agency. We're going to non-tender him because he didn't do this or didn't do that. And Oakland signs a player league minimum, basically league minimum, $800,000, whatever. He puts up two and a half wins above replacement. He's perfectly fine, perfectly acceptable. He's making $700,000 a year. Seems to me that's what you're looking for. Seems to me in a situation like the Cubs are in presently, you are looking for players who look like Hey, this guy can be perfectly functional. We can stick him in the lineup. We can play him 120, 130 games a year. Get him out here and there. Replace him with somebody else. Go with the lineup. Go with who we got. Frank Schwindel. Perfectly acceptable. Patrick Wisdom. Perfectly acceptable. Nico Horner. Nick Madrigal. Greg Dykman. Ian Hap, perfectly acceptable. Rafael Ortega, very possibly perfectly acceptable. Alfonso Rivas, all things considered, the Cubs aren't banking on this. Uh, 2022 has to be a make or break season. What do you mean by a make or break season? Look at the Mets this year. They made a whole bunch of aggressive moves that blew up in their face. Now they have a whole, they have. Woof. That Francisco Lindor contract. What the Padres did. How aggressive they got. It hasn't necessarily gotten them anything. The Cubs in 2022. Why would you not want to seriously consider Frank Schwindel for a starting spot? No, he's not going to be likely an all-star. But if there's going to be the DH in the National League, for years and years and years and years and years, I've heard a number of Cub fans saying something that kind of irked me. Mean, I don't want the DH in the National League because the Cubs don't have a DH. Frank Schwindel, perfectly useful DH. I I don't really care where you put them in the lineup. You know, you, they have them batting second now. Season gets going next year. Hit him seventh. It, you, wherever he's sitting. Not important. You know, a roster, a lineup organization. Some people really like to get bent on that. Where Frank Schwindel is in the lineup. Where Nico Horner would be in the lineup. Where Nick Madrigal would be in the lineup. Where Wilson Contreras would be in the lineup. Not horribly important to me. Greg Deitman. Can still be sent back down to the minor leagues next year. Belongs on the roster. Start with the 40-man roster. Start with the 40-man roster. Go down the list like I've been doing. Is this guy going to be kept around or non-tendered? That is the first step of the 46 guys... It still forty-six? Thirty-eight. Nine four, 4, 4 two three 4, 5, 46. The forty-six guys on the forty man roster now. How many should be on the forty man roster next year? No, 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 no. Don't 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 overplay it or over dramatize. Look at the players on the list. Is this guy a yes, a no, or a maybe? Don't don't say, oh, man, this team is terrible. They, they should only have like eight or nine guys left. No, 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 no. Look at the guys on the roster. The guys that you're not familiar with because they're in the minor leagues, find somebody who is familiar with them. Find out. Is this guy going to possibly at some point be worth keeping around? Would it be a stupid thing to let him go? now i have some guys around the left hand side of the list that maybe they don't belong there perhaps brad wick he's having some health concerns you don't like to see a person lose his professional athlete job because of health concerns but who knows maybe there it might be a situation where he ought to be um non-tendered and brought back on a minor league deal or something i don't know But look at every player on the list. Does this player belong? It's not a question of should Adbert Elzelay have advanced further than he has up to this point. Maybe have, maybe no. But the question is, do you keep him on the 40-man roster this offseason? Do you keep Cody Hoyer? Do you keep Kyle Hendricks? Do you keep Manny Rodriguez? Adrian Sampson, is he proven enough? Scott Efros? How much more is he going to have to prove to justify a 40-man roster spot this offseason? That's the important part of 2021, assessing who belongs for next year. Once you have that entirely figured out, you have it nailed down to 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, however many guys it is. It should be between 33 and 37. Pretty much whoever you are, whatever you're looking at, 33 to 37 guys between the 40-man roster now and the players that should be added for the upcoming season to the 40-man roster. Once you have that 33 or 37-player list, 33 to 37-player list, these are the guys who I have done my homework I've done my research, I've looked into it, I've thought about it, I've assessed it. I value getting things right. If you don't value getting things right, who, who who's really going to give a damn about your opinion? Here's your list. After you finish your list, after you've decided I'm going this these 34. I'm going these 34. And I'm going to make these other players available. Fine. You're on the hook. You make a mistake, you're on the hook. If you decide, you are going to let Tommy Nance be made available. Because, well, he had that one outing and he was bad. Okay, fine. Fine. Fantastic. No problems. I'm good with it. You're making Tommy Nance available. Fine. If Tommy Nance goes to another team and becomes really rather good after you said, yeah, he probably ought to get let loose this year. That's your mistake. That's your mistake. That's your your call. And if I decide I'm going to keep a player on the 40-man roster, I'm going to keep this guy in the 40-man roster. And he is so terrible. He is so terrible. And because I added him to the 40-man roster, they have to keep him all the way until March, and that prevents the Cubs from signing a certain player. Then that's on me. See how that works? You make your decision. You state things before they happen. So you are on the hook for your decision. That's how it ought to be. I am explaining my answers in advance and I get all the credit. I get all the blame. It's the way it should be. If I make oops, it's on me. If I get one right, it's on me. People who are doing the... The Cubs ought to let go of Frank Schwindel because I want Nick Castellanos. I want Nick Castellanos to be the designated hitter on the Chicago Cubs. So because of that, I think the Cubs ought to let go of Frank Schwindel. It's fine. Completely good with it. As long as every single day of your life when that's proven to be a bad decision... People bludgeoning you over the head with it like it's a wooden mallet. I'm good with it. You make your decision. Do your homework. Check it out. Assess it. Figure it out. The decisions that are supposed to be made in January and February. Late December, January, and February. If there's even a season. Which I'm still not totally sold on. The decisions that are supposed to be made in late December, January, and February get to those in late December, January, and February. There's no reason for Nick Castellanos to sign a contract with the Cubs unless, unless Jed Hoyer is a whole lot more interested in spending than I expect he will be. Assess the things that are possible to be assessed now. Players that are on the roster now, how are they doing? Are they worth keeping around? Trevor McGill. Michael Rucker. Right column, left column. Maybe they're still center column. But at some point, they should probably be right column or center column. And if you make a marginal mistake, that's fine. That's learning. That's learning. If you make a major mistake, that's fine too. That's learning. If you're trying to learn, then you're trying to be valuable. The people that are annoying, (coughs) and goodness, are they annoying. The people that are annoying are the ones who, I'm not going to tell you what my decision is, but I am going to say, Oh, Nick Castellanos in the comms. Why do you draft a Nick Castellanos? Draft a player who has those abilities. Pot commit to knowing the draft. Select players like Nick Castellanos. Regularly. Hey, I kind of like this guy in the draft because he reminds me of Nick Castellanos. Then draft him. Call to have the Cubs draft him. Follow him as he is developing in the minor leagues. Right now, the Cubs have a number of outfielders in their pipeline. They look kind of interesting. Alexander Canario is on the 40-man roster. Um, Pete Crow Armstrong was added in a trade. He didn't get to play last uh this season very much because of a collarbone problem. Uh, Brendan Davis, he's kind of okay. Um Kevin Alcantara came over in the Anthony Rizzo trade. The Cubs are starting to back up some reasonably decent-looking outfielders in the pipeline. That's actually going to be another, probably be a rather soon podcast for me, actually. Assess what's accessible. Assess the players on the roster now. Assess the players that are on the roster now. Decide for yourself which of the players that are on the roster now ought to be on the roster. Now, there are going to be some guys like Jonathan Holder. You really can't assess them yet because they haven't pitched at the major leagues yet. However, if you're doing your job properly, if you're trying to be accurate, if you're trying to be good at this, you're probably following Alex Cohen on Twitter Because he's watching players in AAA. And watching players in AAA is a good way of assessing how good they are looking. One of the better guesses for Jonathan Holder, who has a 40-man roster spot. I really don't think Jonathan Holder, if released by the Cubs, if non-tendered by the Cubs, I really doubt there would be another team waiting aggressively to sign Jonathan Holder. What I think the Cubs could probably do... See, remember, he's making like 750000 this year and he's been injured most of the season? Something like that, give or take. What I really think will happen with Jonathan Holder at the end of the season, the Cubs and Holder will come to an agreement that he's not going to get a 40-man roster spot. But he'll probably get... A minor league deal with a salary in the range of what he got anyway. Save the 40-man roster spot, keep the player around, and pay the extra. Pay the extra. Because after all, the Cubs have money to spend. That's not the question. The Cubs have money to spend. They're trying to locate talent to put together the best roster they can. Assess what's accessible. Assess are the specific relief pitchers that are coming in worth keeping around. All of them. Some guys bump to the right, some guys bump to the left. Don't put the cart in front of the horse. Free agent signings in the offseason. There will be time for that. There might be a whole lot of time for that if there are no games for a while. To stake your claim on my claim is Nick Castellanos is a really good hitter. Well, that, that that's a fairly safe one because uh, he is a really good hitter. That doesn't mean he ha- Nick Castellanos has any reason to want to come sign with the Cubs. Unless the Cubs are going to make a competitive offer, and I doubt that happens. Assess the assessables. Look at the players on the team now. Should they be around next year? Get that part of it done right first. The people who are doing that Now The people who are, well, I think I have it up to 34 guys. I think I have it figured out. I think I know which minor league players I wish to protect this offseason. Those are the people I have more respect for. They're doing the homework. They're understanding what is important. They're understanding what is now. And... That's to be credited. Assess the players on the 40 man roster. Assess the potential offseason ads. That's the next thing. January comes before March. 37 become, comes before 85. And knowing who is going to be on the roster in. Late November, early December should be assessed, should be dealt with before who's going to be on the roster in late December or in January and February. Do the first things first. Get the 40-man roster dealt with completely and entirely and assess which guys belong and which guys don't. It's not that from there it's easy but you have to do the first things before you get to the next things. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great day. Be safe and be nice to others.